in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. Welcome to the show. Big time week for your Minnesota Vikings. Big time win. We got the full crew here to react to it, including Randy, uh, who has been all over the world, just back into the United States in the last, uh, I think, two or three days. And uh, Zach, we haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, So both of those guys joining us tonight. Fellas, let's jump right into Border Battle 122. Vikings get the win, 34-31. On another good kick, a game-winning kick, uh, from Greg Josephs, he missed the extra point, but redeemed himself uh, in the final seconds of that one. And really, we've been harping on it, at least I have, all season long about how terrible Mike Zimmer was. And I think the last podcast was even titled Fire Mike Zimmer. Uh, but his clock management, his his end of game management this week with, with actually making the kick, even though every Vikings fan was very nervous about that 29-yard field goal attempt uh, to win the game. But it works out for us. They handle it brilliantly. The clock management was flawless. And huge credit to the Vikings to win that game. And what really shouldn't have even been that close. I mean, you'd like to see the Vikings get a 10-point victory, a double-digit victory, in a scenario where up by two touchdowns at home in the condition that favors your type of offense that, that wants to throw the ball, wants to do a lot of play action. It's perfect conditions inside that stadium with quiet, uh, with no noise while that offense was working. And so, yes, they get the win. Yes, there's a lot of excitement and positivity, and, and we're going to be very positive about this Vikings team, but there still is some issues. I mean, we got definitely got away with a couple throws from Kirk Cousins that could have been picked off, uh, specifically that last one to Thielen down the sideline to set up the game winner. We'll hear from Kirk about that throw. Um, but let's, let's hear from you guys. BG, Zach, Randy, your thoughts from the Vikings' big-time win over the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I thought it was really encouraging. We didn't get a chance to talk um, this past week after the Vikings beat the Chargers since everybody was out and about and traveling. But I thought that one against the Chargers was our best one of the season thus far. And then now beating the Packers at home, uh, one of the top records in the NFL, it's by far our most impressive win this year. And it just made me really happy because we played well throughout the whole game. Uh, we had that first half lead which didn't surprise me that we would be up at half because I think we can do that to about every team in the NFL, but it's just about keeping that, keeping that lead and winning the game, not trying to not lose the game. And I think we did that with our plays that were called Um, these past two weeks actually has been really aggressive um, relatively for the Vikings and to see us throw those deep balls those 50-50 balls to Jefferson in the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, the huge touchdown for the go-ahead touchdown. It's just, I don't know if Clint has been listening to the fans. I don't know if Rick has been telling Zimmer, you got to do this or you're out. But whatever is we've been doing the past two weeks, and I know it's a small sample size, it's what we've been saying as a podcast for the, the past five or six weeks, that second half, you got to come out, you got to keep throwing the ball and being aggressive. And yeah, you're right. Kirk got away with one or two interceptions, but I can totally live with that rather than us die down and be super conservative throughout the whole game and hope to win um, instead of, like Mike Zimmer said, going for their jugular and ending up winning the game with the skilled guys we have. So 
I was really happy, obviously, Packers-Vikings rivalry. It always feels a little bit better when you get that win um, against the Packers. And it was one of the few weeks this NFL season thus far that our offense, our defense, and our special teams have all played well. And it's, it's been shown in the, in the box score and the final score. Yeah, I, I think that's beautiful. Randy, from the Packers side of things, uh, what was going through your mind? I know there was some, well, the questionable calls maybe, I guess, uh, on the field at least. They called the interception right away. Uh, I don't even remember who dropped it, but was it? Uh, I, I forget who dropped it too. Savage? I mean, Savage, thank you. I was going to yeah, say Savage. Savant. Yeah. Uh, Savage. For, for, for me, I guess the, the more frustrating play was that roughing the passer on on. Uh, on Cousins during that interception, um, I'm not. I'm not saying that it, it wasn't roughing the passer, but just having that happen, you know, negating an interception like that. Um, I mean, I think that was such a big blow uh, to the offense, to the defense. And then, I think just on offense, the penalties. Like they're talking on the broadcast. You know, the Vikings have killed themselves this uh, so much this year, off of penalties, and you know, this weekend it was the Packers. Um, and it's, um, I mean, it's, it's those, those plays where it's, you know, first and 10, you get like a seven yard completion or a rod and then you have a holding that puts you back first and 20, right. That just absolutely kills any momentum you might have on offense. And we were still able to stay in it. Um, I think I can speak for most Packer fans saying that the next three weeks or four weeks, we have three all pros that'll be coming back to the team. David Bakhtiari on the offensive line, which will be a huge help you know, one of, if not the best left tackle in, in, in the National Football League, uh, J.R. Alexander, uh, top five cornerback in, in professional football, and then Zedaria Smith, uh, our, our best pass rusher. So, um, I mean, we're eight and three. Um, we're not, uh, this game wasn't like a make or break game like it was for the Vikings. So, um, I mean, it's it was a loss. We missed the field goal, and we ended up losing by losing by three. <laughs> so um, as I texted some, some, some other buddies on, on Sunday, I mean, the Vikings are the best five and five team probably in NFL history. Um, and this is the first time this year where, you know, the Vikings have had bounces go their way where it seemed like this whole year, the bounces have gone against them. So uh, props to uh, Mike Zimmer and them boys. Yeah. Question on Bakhtiari, Randy. Um, is he scheduled to come back next week against the Rams? Cause he was taken no. off, I think PUP, uh, like week after week nine. And then he practiced for a few days heading into week 10 before you guys played the Seahawks. And then he didn't practice after that. He didn't play in that I, game and he didn't practice all this last week. I think the plan is after a bye week. So I believe we go Rams by week. Uh, I forget who we play after that, but I think the plan is after the bye week. Sure. <clears throat> and, there's, and at least from, at least from what I've read is that, he, like, if the Packers were like six and four or something, then maybe they would have rushed him back a little quicker. The Packers are notorious for having one of the most conservative um, medical staffs uh, in in professional football. Um, so I think they are um, considering just how good he is. Um, they want to let that ACL be sure. absolutely hundred percent. And when you're eight and three. At this point in the season, um, then I think it's okay to uh, pump pump the brakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as good as a left tackle you can be, it's you know it's not a guy who's going to make or break your game. He's a guy who can 
you want healthy in the playoffs when you're playing the best teams, uh, right? To, um, to to protect Aaron Rodgers. So, um, yeah, I think Zedarius Smith is the one where his his status has been up and down a little bit more the past couple weeks. The hope is that in the next couple weeks he'll be back. And I think Jair Alexander. I think all of them. There's a good chance that they're all they're all back after the bye week. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I know some questions too around Rodgers. He's going to play next week, assuming uh, the the foot holds up. But there's some questions. It's not turf toe, I don't think. But he said it's worse than turf toe. Uh, just just reading his post game comments. Uh, he went into the the locker room a little before halftime. He said he got stepped on in the first half. Um, and there's he said he's going to grind it out. But he said he was in a lot of pain. So keep an eye on Rodgers as well uh, these next few weeks. The bye week will help a ton uh, in getting the Green Bay Packers healthy. Uh, but back to the Vikings, <clears throat> BG, you mentioned it. Kirk played great. I mean, that was, we've probably said this a few times this year now because he's had some really good performances um, and he's had some bad performances as well. Uh, but I think this was probably his best game as a Viking. Uh, and I think it was, <clears throat> oh, I forget the stat, but he was tremendous today. Kirk was was really just huge on some big time throws with a ton of pressure in his face. I think he faced uh, pressure on 45% of all of his dropbacks 34 dropbacks, and if you get pressure 45% of the time, that's usually going to be uh, in a losing effort if you're the quarterback, but Kirk finding a way to get the ball out, taking chances downfield, and he's always a guy who's been either way too conservative or too aggressive, and I think he was more on the too aggressive side uh, on Sunday because even like with that throw to Thielen, and I'll just play his comments here in a second, but that throw to Thielen, Conklin was wide open. So he didn't even need to make that throw. And if he makes that throw to Conklin, we might score a touchdown. Because if you, if you go back and look at the play, there's three guys on the left side of the field. Tyler Conklin breaks an out route heading towards the same side where they threw the ball to Thielen. But if he just throws that right to Conklin, that's an easy 25, 30-yard gain. Maybe even the big fellow scores and, and wins that game right there. Uh, let's listen to Kirk talk about it. He's covered. Is that the kind of play when you talk about letting your receivers make a play um, that you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I, I could probably point to a half dozen throws today that were too aggressive, and I could argue that's one of them. You know, I don't think you want to live doing that. I think that we got away with it a couple times, and um, I keep saying the word razor's edge, but that, that's a play where it's an example of it. Uh, the difference between him catching that and making the play did and it, you know, going the other way is, is very small. Tyler Conklin did a great job on his route winning on that play. And, and so I got to go back and look at it and say, you know, you know, how can we give Adam a better chance to create separation, maybe a different route concept for, for me to give to him. And then, you know, even what took me there, you know, should I work Tyler instead? And so you just, you, you are hard on yourself working through all that because you don't want to live in a world of throwing the ball into a covered player and crossing your fingers. You know, you don't want to live in that world. So um, uh, there's a time and a place for it, but uh, you also want to be a smart football player. So based off that response, Chad Graff, an athletic writer, he, he covers the Vikings, blew up this whole article about uh, Kirk was so great today. He was so aggressive. He was making all these great throws. And then he put that quote in there. Uh, and then the rest of the story was just like, this is reason for concern for why Kirk is, is not the ultimate future, or why he's not going to keep playing the way we saw him play on Sunday. And I think that's completely wrong. I mean, I think that's a terrible take from Chad. I think it was a bad article uh, in, the, in the comments section, roasted him on The Athletic. Uh, but, I mean, there is throws we want to be aggressive. The single coverage to, to J.J., the last touchdown he scored, but Kirk throws it up. It's a back shoulder. J.J. adjusts. Not really back shoulder, just under-throwing ball, I guess. J.J. adjusts, scores a touchdown. 
I mean, the fact that we haven't talked about JJ, I guess, up until this point, that's blasphemous because he was a real star in that game as well. Eight catches, 169 yards, two touchdowns, should have been three touchdowns. Um, I think if he just a little harder at the end instead of holding that ball up, he probably scores. Uh, but JJ was phenomenal. I thought Kirk did a great job for, I mean, other than four or five plays, but he did a really good job of getting the ball out on time and on target. Uh, yeah, and it's it's helped huge. It's been huge over the past two weeks, our, our pass protection too. Even it, it feels like to me since Darisau got in the starting lineup, our offensive line has just been, it's improved by so much. Um, kind of iffy there for the first drive with, I forget what his first name is, maybe Mason Cole, yep. uh, the rookie center, just getting bulldozed by the nose tackler, the defensive tackle for the Packers. But he cleaned it up after that. But, yeah, since our rookie first-round pick is gone and Kirk has been sacked at at a very, very, very uh, low pace. And as we say year in and year out, I think he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when he has a clean pocket and he doesn't have to worry about pressure. He's extremely accurate. He's great in the play action, um, and he's a smart quarterback. Um, so back to your chat graph, I think that's just a journalist trying to get clicks um, and views to his website by uh, a headline that people go to and read the article. But like Kirk said, he had six very aggressive passes. Well, I can't remember him making six bad passes, maybe two or three the whole game. Um, so some of those passes paid off for us, and it's probably part of the reason why we put up 34 points against the Packers. Yeah. If we put up 30, we don't win that game. So um, I really liked what Zimmer had to say. I'm, I'm guessing we might play that sound bit later, um, backing up his quarterback being aggressive, but um, it's definitely the progression that we wanted to see with Kirk and the play calling. Yeah, let's let's bring in Zim right now. You try to score touchdowns, and you let me back the game down when it's time to do it. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of our approach. Oh, shoot, that wasn't the right soundbite, but uh, <laughs> that was him talking about Kirk, I guess. Let's see. I think I have another one. Uh, that's on. No, this, that's all Kirk Cousins. I guess I don't have the full Zimmer soundbite of him, of him praising Kirk of how good of a job he played uh, in, in that game. He got the game ball, or at least one of three game balls uh, after that win. But really, to me, I mean, the difference is on those plays where he has pressure right up the middle, and we just have, there's no consistency week in and week out with when Kirk is getting blitz. And we act like he should be a top five quarterback. And this year he arguably is a top five quarterback, but we are, we, we act like he is Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or should be, and that he should be making these big time throws with guys taking him to the ground, like on that Justin Jefferson touchdown, the last one. But in reality, there's very few guys that can make that throw. And there's very few quarterbacks that can hang in the pocket and deliver on time and on target. And he was phenomenal this week. If we get that Kirk Cousins the rest of the way, uh, we're going to have a very good chance to make the playoffs and make a deep run. And I think the uh, the playoff percentage after that win jumped up to 59%. And then if you win next week in San Francisco, it would go up to 82% uh, chance to make the playoffs. So Vikings in, in a pretty decent position here, 5-5 five and five after the very slow start uh, to the season where myself included, maybe myself the most, but calling for Zimmer's head, calling for Spielman's head, Calling for Kirk's head many times, and they've just two weeks in a row now come away with big time wins uh, with another big game next week against the 49ers on the road in what's going to be another tight game. They've all been tight for the for the uh, for the Vikes this year, besides that Seattle game. Uh, but that's just the way they're going to have to win football games. Uh, let's see if I can find a, a Zim soundbite here. 
Okay. Um, really good game. Uh, you know, they played, they played well. Um, offensively, we played outstanding today. I thought defensively, we played really well in the first half, and then we really couldn't get them stopped in the second half. But uh, offensively, um, you know, we played played really good in the second half. Um, seems like I, th- I guess every one of these games are going to come down down to the last play of the game, like uh, like they have all year. So uh, we're just very fortunate to get a win. They got a good football team, well coached, and um, you know we're fortunate to come out on top today. Um, another stat, nothing to do with that comment from Zim, but Packers came in today rated as the third best defense. I think that was at yards per attempt, uh, or maybe it was points. Anyway, they they were the third ranked defense and they'd only given up 34 points to Mahomes, Wilson, and Kyler Murray the last three weeks. They gave up 34 points to Kirk Cousins in that offense. And Kirk needs to start getting some respect for that. Cause even when you, you read the national narratives after the game, it's Vikings outlast, uh, Packers or, or Aaron Rodgers falls short against the Packers. It should be Kirk Cousins leads uh, another game-winning drive, and I think it's up to, uh, let's see, I guess we've only won five games, but he's put us in position to win, I think, seven or eight times this year. We's, we've been down or tied uh, in the final few minutes of the game, and Kirk's put us in the position to kick a field goal and win the game uh, or score a touchdown and win the game six or seven, maybe even more than that times this season, which by far leads any quarterback in the NFL this season. So his willingness to come up big at the end of games this year has been outstanding for Kirk. And if we can just get some help uh, from Zimmer in that defense, like you said, two sound bites ago, you go score a touchdown and I'll, I'll hold it down on the back end. Well, Zimmer has not been holding it down on the back end. The defense has been pathetic. And again, this, this week, they gave up another touchdown at the end of the first half. I think it's up to now 59 points they've allowed in the final two minutes of the first half this season, which just, you can't win a lot of games. And you're going to have, all these games are going to come down to one scores against good teams, against bad teams, if you give up that many points in the end of games. So there's still a lot to fix. Uh, but it still gives you some hope for the future because we're beating good teams and we're still having all these issues. So they got the penalties cleaned up this week. They still need to clean up the end of game, the end of the half, the first half, particularly with the defense. But those are kind of my thoughts. Zachary, let's hear from you. Did you get to uh, see the game on Sunday? Yeah, that was awesome. That was a probably a game of the game of the week until maybe that Pittsburgh Chargers game on Sunday night. But even so, that was kind of just there was no defense on the field. This one, yeah, you could argue that too. But um, I think Kirk was awesome. He was super fun to watch, and I think with the media, you said attacking him on making too many throws that were too aggressive is that what the comment was that's i think that's that's unbelievable because that man can't win if that's the comment they're um making on him every time it's you know he's dumping it down or he's you know throwing four yards out on third and seven or something like that and you know i love this kirk i love it when he's taking those chances and yeah that feeling throw probably should not have been made um glad we got to see the other side of that one and come out with a win after that, especially with Conklin so wide open, but I think he was awesome. I think there's nothing that Vikings fans should be complaining about from that last week or these last two weeks, really. Well, we'll just focus on this last week here at Chargers game. There were a couple things, but um, I think we're in a very good spot right now. And if we play like this, I, I think the San Fran game is probably going to be our, one of our biggest games of the year here. Cause they're playing just as well as we are. Um, and they're in the similar spot too. I, I, 
I feel like we got the similar records and they're in a position too where they probably can't win their division. Well, I suppose it's still open for us too. It's probably oh, yeah. open for them. But, um, oh yeah. I think we got a chance to win a division. I mean, yeah. Let's let's just do a little math here. Packers lose next week to the Rams, which you know it's going to be tough at Lambeau. But with a banged up Aaron Rodgers, a banged up team, they just lost Jenkins. I don't think it's been confirmed yet with the torn ACL, but suspicions oh, yeah. are that the Packers are going to lose Jenkins next week and for the rest of the season. Um, that's that going to be a huge loss. That that's a huge loss for the offensive line. Yeah, he. I mean, he's like, been playing you, good this year. Of our five starters on offensive line last week, if you were to say pick one person who's going to be out for the season, I'd say Alden Jenkins. But I think most Packer fans would. Like it, it's it's little starter on your offensive line. You have someone coming in to back up, but it's um, it's okay. And when Bakhtiari comes back, uh, Billy Turner will move over. So it's 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 not an issue in the long run. Okay, I was completely disagreeing. I thought you were going a different way with that take, Andy. Uh, from everything oh. I've read, Packer related, like even Rogers said, it, it's a huge loss to the team because he was so versatile. And he had done such a good job this year stepping in for Bakhtiari. I mean, he was playing well, tremendously based on his PFF rankings. Well, that's that, that's that's what Elton Jenkins kind of is on this team. Him and Billy Turner are kind of like the like they they moved around a little bit with injuries. Like it, our depth is going to be hit. Like if like we can't afford to lose another offensive lineman, but I think we'll be once we get Bakhtiari back, we'll be just fine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see a big time matchup with the Vikings. I think that's Week 16. Uh, at yeah, Lambeau, we got Christmas, Christmas Day, maybe. Oh, no, I think it's the second of January. Yep, that's right. Okay, good. That'll be a fun one. Um, BG, Zach, Randy, any other thoughts from Vikings Packers border battle one twenty two? Do uh, well, well, first, did you see? Uh, did you all see the the Sunday Fun Day quote from Mike Zimmer? Yeah, Sundays are not <laughs> fun. <laughs> You know how they say Sunday fun day. Well, it's not, it's not like that at all. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Just love that. Do, do you guys want to do a quick game of, uh, of, of schedule win, win loss for the Vikings? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. All right. Um, Vikings Niners next week. I'd come up with a toss up probably with the way those, both of those teams are playing. I think it's a, I think the Niners are a one point favorite because that's an away game. Yeah, they're on ESPN as a three-point favorite, um, but I guess I'll start. I'll start with the picking. I, I like I like the Vikings next week. I like them staying hot. I think the 49ers are. I think they're good, but I'm I'm not really impressed with their win uh, over the Jaguars last week. Or I think they beat the the Rams the week before. I mean, they blew them out, yeah. but that was kind of back up against the wall that's, scenario. That, that, that's, that's another story, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not very impressed with the 49ers. I don't think they have a lot going for them right now. Uh, I think we're a lot hotter team at the moment and a lot better five and five team. I can agree with that. I, I still think, I mean, it's going to probably be a good game. I think most people, I think it'll be a one score game. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think most people probably call it a toss up. Then you've got the lions, the Steelers and the bears. So that's probably, you know, you hope to go three and oh there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lions and bears, I think are two of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Especially with Jared, Jared Goff out. And yeah. Steelers, I just think they're criminally overrated. And then you then you finish with Rams, Packers, Vikings. Hey, Rams, you're the Vikings. Rams, Packers, Bears. So you've got the Bears twice, the Lions. There are a lot of division games. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if you're talking about winning the division, right? I mean, like if I look at the Packers schedule, we've got the Rams, the Bears, the Ravens, Browns, Vikings, Lions. 
Like not worried about the Browns. Ravens, who knows? <laughs> really Ram- I mean it's I'd say for sure three and three. We'd go at the very least, I think. Where is the Ravens game at? Uh that is at home. Yeah, you guys, should beat, you guys should beat them. I'm they're not that good. They're, they're solid, but I, I think the Ravens are overrated too, it's, especially if you got them at Lambeau. That should be a win. Uh, I don't know where the Ravens game is at. I, I, that one might be in Baltimore. I, I don't know for sure. Oh, it's okay. at Baltimore. Oh, that would be a pick in my opinion then. I mean, the Vikings took them to, uh, to a yeah. one-score game like they always do, but I think we yeah we lost that one on a field goal at the end. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but then you just, just look at you need the Packers to, to win the division. You need the Packers to go, what, three and three, and for you guys to win all the games that you're supposed to. So, um, I mean, it's it'll be tough. I, I wish the Packers and Vikings were playing Week 17. That'd be cool if they could play for the the division, possibly. Yeah, we got to imagine the Vikings sweep the Bears, beat the Lions, beat the Steelers. So that's what four wins right there. Then you got yep. you got Rams. Nine. Rams. Yeah. You go one and one there. I mean that's that's I'd say that's probably like your your realistic hope, right? Go one and one of those games. Yeah, which would get us to five wins, five and five and one on the last six. Or my no, I guess that'd yep, be so beating the Packers. Seven. That'd be four and one, and then if we beat the Packers, it'd be five and one. But yeah, they're gonna have to basically run the table yeah. against the teams they should be beat one. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But with that being said, just going through that, there should, I mean, if we play like we're playing the past two weeks, there should be no way we miss the playoffs, especially with that added playoff seed. Right. No, we're we're talking one of the division, right? Yeah, I I know. I'm just thinking like a a 59% chance. I mean, it's pretty much a toss-up, obviously a little better, but there should, yeah. If, If we miss the playoffs, we're cleaning house, I think, with the remaining schedule. Oh yeah, I think if you make the playoffs and lose the first game, clean house. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not against that. There's so much talent on this team as as we saw on Sunday, and there's just the you know, the good game plans that like we saw on Sunday, and then the bad game plans like we saw against the Lions or against the Ravens. You could even argue or whoever, whatever loss you want to put, but the three and five start that that's just inexcusable. And if you miss the playoffs, you get a bad seed. You, you play the Packers at Lambeau or you play Arizona or whoever and you lose or the Rams and you lose first round and you get blown out. It's not a competitive game. Yeah, I think in my mind you blow it up. Um, anything else from NFL week 11? Did you guys see the, uh, the uh, Niners opening drive against the Jaguars? I did not. No. The Jags went like 85 yards. Not the Jags. The Niners went 85 yards, ate up like over 10 minutes of clock to start the game, and kicked the field goal for the two. <laughs> yeah, I actually, and then, I, and then, I heard him talking and, about and, that today. And then, and then the Jags went four and out, and then the Niners went on one on another like eight minute drive. So like halfway through the second quarter, the Jags had run four plays. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like that. <laughs> hey, that's a ball control offense at its finest right there. That's exactly what Shanahan wants. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk a little MN Wild. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's the, the logical next step from, from the Vikings here. They're the second best team in Minnesota, or my second favorite team in Minnesota, I should say, right now. 
Uh, they come from behind wild. They've been doing it all year all year long. And Randy, I know you haven't, or rather Zach, I know you haven't seen a bunch of wild games with uh, your busy semester of school, but literally in every game we're coming from behind. Um, and, and they've been so damn good at it. I think they've scored, I have the stat on here, but they've scored a ridiculous amount of goals uh, when they're six on five, meaning when they pull their goalie late in the game. Um, let's see. It was the third time this season the Wild scored two late six on five goals in the same night and the second time in two nights. Ooh, yeah. So this is against the Panthers. Uh, we had a stretch in Florida there. We played the Panthers and the Lightning back to back. They lost both of them uh, five to four. And, and the, the, the Panthers and Lightning are two of the, if not you know, two of the best teams in the NHL. Correct. Right now. That's, that's a tough going out to Florida. It's tough. Yeah. No, I mean, totally, especially on back to back on the road. I mean, that's, you're not traveling across state, but you're still flying between those games and you're still playing two NHL games back to back nights, but the wild have been just starting slow. And I guess if you're going to find something to complain about, it's how slow they've started in basically every game they played this season. Uh, They've had to come from behind and they've shown an incredible, incredible ability to be able to do that. And their six on five is ridiculous. And even just in the third period, the last seven, eight minutes of the third period is ridiculous how aggressive and how good they play. Um, But I guess for the, for the long-term health of this team, they're going to not, they're going to have to get themselves in better situations. You can't be two goals down going into the third period every night. And they've won a ridiculous amount of games that they've been down two goals or even more. Uh, but you can't just keep relying on yourself to come back. So at some point, they're going to have to find a way to start a little hotter and get, get get up in a game so you don't have to come from behind all the time. But their ability to come from behind right now is just incredible. And they, they weren't able to get it done the last two two games they played, but still one of the best teams in the league and getting a lot of respect from around the league just of how good they're playing from top to bottom. I mean, we talked about Kirill having the slow start to the season. He's picked it up in terms of points. He still has a lot of assists, and he was getting a lot of assists early on uh, during that goal drought for him. But this, the back half of this lineup is still producing for this team, um, and I think setting up a good a good future for this team where they can make a deep run in the playoffs this year and build all with all the young stars they have on this team. But I've been very pleased with the uh, with the Wild so far this year. Uh, you guys want to talk a little Wolves? BG, you've been, you've been watching the Wolfies on this four-game win streak? I have. I've been watching maybe every other game. Okay. Um, I watched part of the Memphis Grizzlies game last week where the Timberwolves very well or may have uh, set a, a franchise record for biggest win ever with a 43-point walloping of the Memphis Grizzlies who are probably going to compete for in the eighth seed this season. Um, so that was crazy to see. And I unfortunately took the live bet of plus 24 and a half at halftime for the Grizzlies since I thought they would come back and the T-Wolves opened it up to a 50 point lead in that second half. Oof. But nonetheless, just crazy to see the Timberwolves to be on the winning side of one of those lopsided wins. Um, and yeah, against the Spurs. Real quick, Brady, real yeah. quick just over the past five years, if you can get uh, a team the Wolves are playing plus 20 points or more going into the second half, that's an amazing bet. I mean, that that's probably the first time the bet has lost in the past five years. Yeah, and oh, yeah. it only yeah. lost because you, we only that only happened because you put that bet in. I hope you realize yeah, that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, T-Wolf faithful should be thanking me, but yeah, if you see plus anything, 
against the Timberwolves, <laughs> you're probably going to want to take that. Um, plus 24 and a half, I thought was a no brainer. And we almost doubled that to 43. Um, but yeah, they've, they've been coming together playing defense. Uh, like we actually have this whole year. Don't know what we are now, but we are top five in defensive efficiency in the NBA through like 10 or 15, probably 10 games within the season. And since then we might be even be playing better defense. So that's really what's kept us in most of the games of the season. But now these past four games on our four game winning streak, our offense has kicked in and Edwards has been phenomenal hitting his outside shots, but being efficient with his outside shots, which he didn't really start the season doing. And Towns has just been consistent in all aspects of the game. Um, we're kind of getting a better feel for D'Angelo Russell with our squad, it looks like, and mixing him in with Patrick Beverly, um, Jaden McDaniels, and the other guards. Um, so it's good to see this young Timberwolves team kind of figuring it out every night and not going, okay, we won this game last night, let's take this off, because we're so used to that. Um, Four-game win streak, I'm happy for it. And they're, they're looking strong right now against some okay teams, not great teams. They'll have a good test. I think it's tonight against the Miami Heat. So one of the best teams in the NBA right now nope. record-wise. So that'll be a big challenge. Oh, I guess is that Wednesday night? Yep. Yeah, so when this comes out tonight. Yep. All right. I'm watching the Heat game right now because I got some money on them. They're playing the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Randy. was yeah, going to fact check you there. You bet the Heat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention about the Grizz game. I believe Ant was eight for eight in the first half. He was five of five in the first quarter from downtown, but I think he finished the first half eight of eight from the field, um, which is just electric. I guess target center was going nuts. And there was a whole write up today about the uh, relationship between, uh, Anthony Edwards and target center and by John Krasinski. It was a pretty good, pretty good little piece about how, uh, target center this year has been just absolutely buzzing, uh, unlike years past, especially when Ant gets going and his connection with that with the fan base uh, after having his rookie season being played in uh, empty arenas for the most part uh, was, was kind of tampered with and, and now getting all the fans back and having full arenas uh, everywhere they go, especially at home. Not Obviously not sold-out crowds at Target Center, but good crowds at Target Center that are getting into the game and getting behind uh, their young star, Anthony Edwards. But yeah, we've seen good things from him. And now if you can figure out D'Lo and have him not miss like every shot he takes, it seems like every time I watch, he just takes a million shots. He disturbs the rhythm of the offense and the flow of the offense. But I haven't seen any of the games in this four-game win stretch. So I'll have to uh, reevaluate maybe my uh, my D'Lo take with the Wolves. But good things and a much-needed run for a team that was 4-9, uh, and nine, now 8-9. and nine. And I would say back in the, back in the hunt for a uh, playoff spot. Um, you guys want to go on to pick segment? I don't really have anything from college football this week. Gophers beat a pretty shitty Indiana team, and now it's just going to be a huge one against against Bucky next week at home. Um, in a game, I yeah, I kind of I'm expect the, the Gophers what to are the, lose. But implications on that game? Or do we do we have a shot? Do we all have a shot? Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, or is it just between uh, Iowa, Wisconsin? Iowa needs Minnesota needs to win. They need Iowa to lose. They need Purdue to lose. I don't think we need Purdue to lose unless because we beat Purdue. So if it's are they a game ahead of us in the standings right now? I guess I don't I know. I believe so because because Iowa has two losses. Purdue has two losses. You have three losses. 
Mm, yes. Correct. Wisconsin has two. Let's see. I got it pulled up. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, Purdue's five and three, so they're they're a non-factor, I guess, if the if the Gophers win. Uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, both six and two. Minnesota, Purdue, both five and three. Uh, so if Iowa loses to Nebraska, I think that's a Friday night game. Um, Randy. Friday midday. Friday yeah, midday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're kidding me. Uh, it's like an eleven o'clock start. It's it's how they've always. Done. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's Thanksgiving week, I guess. Yeah. What am I thinking? Yeah. Um, I've I've got I've got a scoop uh, from a source. So, um, well, it is public that Martinez is not going to play quarterback for Nebraska because uh, of an uh, injury, I think. And Iowa, um, both Alex Padilla and Spencer Petras. Uh, are battling illness, non-COVID-related illnesses this week. Oh, that they're worried could they're worried could linger into Friday. Um, so the the quarterback taking the uh, the first team snaps this week is uh, has been Deuce Hogan. Deuce, um, which is name. I is I he a, like a I, coach's kid or something? Huh? Is he a coach's kid? He's a Texas guy, Texas oh, quarterback, okay. Texas gunslinger. But Iowa fans have been craving to see our third-string quarterback play because his name is Deuce Hogan. Yeah. And if your name is Deuce Hogan, you have to be good at quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, I'm thinking of Deuce Gruden here, but the name Deuce Hogan just sounds like uh, a coach's kid's name. Like the 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 linebacker's coach. It's like his son who just happened. They gave him a PWL because he's the coach's son. And they want now they're getting him some snaps. Now that that's a very interesting, very interesting storyline to follow there. So if Nebraska can knock off Iowa and the Gophers can knock off Bucky, I, I think the Gophers are in. Um, yeah, because they'd both they'd all be six and three. And actually, wait, maybe you know, maybe because, Iowa would still have the tiebreaker against Minnesota, though. I think. Uh, but it's, but but it would be weird because I because you'd have Wisconsin is six and three, would be six and three right with a loss to Minnesota. Yep. Minnesota would be six and three with a loss to Iowa. I would be six and three with a loss to Wisconsin. So would, then I think you would go into um, uh, total record. I think overall mm-hmm. record, and Minnesota has a loss non-conference. I think that would knock them out in Wisconsin. I, I, but there's still a situation where Minnesota gets in, so I'm not sure what the tiebreakers are. Um, I can look up the the scenarios uh, first. Okay, I'm trying to do the same here as we speak, but I should have looked at this before. Um, yeah, well, Randy, why don't you look that up, and I'll get us going on pick segment here. Yep. So Minnesota needs um, a win. Um, an Iowa loss and a Purdue win. I don't know why they need a Purdue win. Who is Purdue playing? Purdue's playing Indiana. I don't know. It must it must factor in the tiebreakers then. Yeah, the only thing I would think of is because Purdue beat Iowa, right? If that yes. would have something to do with it, because we beat Purdue. But yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is, BG. Okay, so that would produce a four way tie for the division. Everybody's at six and three. The tiebreaker is the records of the three or more tied teams will be compared based on winning percentage in games between the tied teams. So mm. that's why they need Purdue to win because that would make it the fourth team that's tied at at the top there at six and three. And then the Gophers would have a win over Purdue, a win over Wisconsin, and with the loss to Iowa, would put them at two and one compared to I guess Purdue must have 
you guys lose to Purdue, Andy? We lost to Purdue in Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. So that that's why I would do it there. Get the Gophers to two wins. Yep. Um, over those four teams that are tied. So yeah. Uh, definitely still a path for the Gophers. I'm not feeling super confident. I'm more confident now after I hear the uh, hot tip from Randy on the quarterback situation in Iowa. Um, everybody uh, in Minnesota, at least, will be watching that game on Friday and afternoon. And I will be the Wisconsin game, Wisconsin-Minnesota game. Oh, if, yeah. If I, well, that's, a, that's the thing, too, that sucks, right? Because Iowa plays on Friday. Oh, that's so great. If Iowa wins on Friday, then it kind of sucks. But it, for Iowa fans, at least, it um, or for Minnesota fans, it crushes you guys because the game against Wisconsin doesn't really matter. For Iowa fans, we want Minnesota to care about the game against Wisconsin because we need you guys mm. to win. Right. right? Mm. Yeah, it's kind of a, so, for you guys at least, it's a lose-lose situation. <laughs> but anybody but Iowa. <laughs> um, did, did, did you see Did you see the, uh, the college football playoff rankings that came out tonight? No, I didn't. Cincinnati's ranked fourth. Ooh. And, Ooh, let's go. Michigan is ranked fifth. So I, I don't think Michigan has a shot. And I mean, this we can this can be our segue into picks. But I think Michigan's on our Michigan Ohio State's on our, our picks list. But um, I mean, if you have Georgia beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, if you have Michigan either Michigan beat Alabama, Michigan beat Ohio State, or Ohio State losing the Big Ten championship game to a two-loss team, it throws all the playoff scenarios for future. <laughs> yeah, there's no telling who they're gonna put in there. Yeah, I'd like to see Cincinnati get in, I guess. I I mean, I feel like they're going to get killed, but it'll kind of shut them up. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 we, we've also seen Michigan State get killed in, in the playoffs. We've True. Seen Notre Dame get killed. Like, we've seen teams get killed before. It's not like it would be the first time. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be the first time a team gets killed that doesn't have a ginormous dollar sign attached to their name exactly. when they get picked into the college football playoff. Exactly. But yeah, no, that's yeah, you're right. Cincinnati four, Michigan five, Notre Dame number six. Um, was Iowa on there? Iowa's fifteenth, maybe. Okay. How about Wisconsin? Fourteen, it looks like for Wisconsin. Yeah, Iowa sixteen, okay. Wisconsin fourteen. Michigan twelve, Michigan State rather twelve. Yeah. Well, that'll be uh. It's going to be a big week of college football. Let's let's go right into the pick segment. We'll start it out with Ohio State, Michigan. Currently on my ESPN app, it says Ohio State minus eight and a half. So we'll go with that line. Uh, we'll start with you, BG. Against the spread, who do you like? I'm going Ohio State all day with that spread. Didn't know what the spread was, but I would have guessed it would have been higher. Yeah, honestly, kind of low. Especially when you look at that 19 and a half point spread last week against Michigan State. That was just blown open in the first half. Was it 49 rip? Uh, before yep. before <laughs> half, yeah, that's ridiculous. Andy, I, I I already have an alternate spread in for Ohio State minus nineteen and a half. Okay, same, same as Michigan State, so I'm riding with Ohio State. Zachary, yeah, I probably got to go Ohio State on that one. Thought Michigan State was going to give them something, and they did not at all. I don't think Michigan's much better than Michigan State this year. Yeah, uh, let's go on to we'll go we're going to hop over to the NFL. Let's talk Thursday football. Thanksgiving Day, Bears at the Lions. Bears minus oh, three, man. I think. Let's see. I think the Bears are but minus. As your opponent lineup, if if you are with any family or friends on Thanksgiving that try to sneak away from the family time to watch football because they really care about football, 
it's, it's the worst excuse we've had in, in Thanksgiving football history. If you're trying to sneak away to watch Lions Bears. Like yeah, I think I, I think it's going to be good. Absolute disgrace. Um, I, th- I think the Lions are getting their first win on that one. Yeah, I, I like that too. I mean, I think there's been a number of chances where the Lions have had to get that first victory, but I feel very good about this Thursday. They play every game close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dan yeah, I'm Campbell. not sure who's starting for them on Thursday. Tim Boyle. Uh, if it's Goff or not, it is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tim Boyle okay. versus Andy Dalton. Okay, well, then I'm still taking the Lions. <laughs> I love it. Uh, wait, Randy, who did you take? Uh, I don't even know the line, but I'll take the Bears. I it's minus favorites. minus three. Yeah, I'll take the Bears. Okay. I'll mix it up a little bit. All right. Randy jumping off the ship there of the Lions. Let's go on. Ooh, here's a good one. Packers versus the Rams. We talked about this one a little bit already. Um, I believe it's a pick game at the moment. Uh, Where is this? This is at Green Bay. Ooh. Yeah, that's... I'll take I'll I'll go with the Rams um, because they've lost their past two games. They're coming off of a bye, so they want it even more than ever right now. And uh, Packers aren't fully healthy, so I'll go Rams. Yeah, I'll I'll do that too. And Stafford isn't a stranger to playing at Lambeau. He doesn't have much success there, but he's not a stranger to playing there. So (laughs) it'd be kind of cool to go back and get a win. I think I'll go Rams. I, I forget which podcast I was listening to that, that pointed out that the Rams, A, they haven't beaten any good teams this year. Like, they beat all the teams that they're supposed to, and they've lost games to good teams. lost games to good teams. And B, the Rams are a team that everyone thinks are better than they are because you know – the Rams are a team that you don't root for, but you know a ton of players on that team. So, in your mind, it just says, oh, like, the Rams are good. Kind of like with the Bucks. Like, the Bucks, I think, they're the same way. Okay. Um, but I'll, um, I mean, I'm obviously thinking backwards on this one. Let's yeah. refer back to this segment, this exact line where Andy said this, um, after this weekend and let's hope we, uh, hope we can send it to him. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, well, the, the Rams have, they beat the Bucks and they beat the Colts. I mean, the Colts weren't great. I guess they beat them in week two. So the Colts were still at the yeah, end. They beat the, the Colts season. before their offensive line got healthy. Yeah. And it allowed Jonathan Taylor to, to run all over the place and Carson Wentz time in the pocket. Yeah. Well, they, and they also beat the Seahawks when I think Russell was still healthy at that point. So, I mean, those are a few good wins, but I'm just betting with my heart here. I'm going Rams. I, I like them in the pick them <laughs> game. Um, let's go on to a couple of Minnesota games, Wisconsin at Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Gophers, that is. Uh, Wisconsin, minus seven. BG, we'll start with you. Um, I'll mix it up a little bit. I'll go Badgers, minus seven. Um, I don't think Tanner – I think we're going to need to have a big game from Tanner Morgan uh, to win the game, and I don't think Tanner Morgan is that guy. I think Wisconsin's maybe a fair amount better than us, and I think they're going to play better and win by at least seven. Zachary. Uh, I I don't like I didn't mention this, but I went to the uh, Iowa Minnesota game um, in Iowa. There, it was awesome game. We did just about everything we could to not win that game. Um, I think we're gonna play it close, and I think we're gonna heart, have a heartbreaking loss at the end. I think we're gonna be within seven. Though. I'll take the Gophers, um, but I'm not expecting a win, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm with you actually on that front. I think the Gophers will keep it close. I think they'll cover that seven point spread. Uh, but just haven't seen enough out of Tanner Morgan 
this season in the offensive line and pass protection to uh, to really have a lot of confidence going into this one, especially when you look at the recent history. I mean, I think it's twenty some in a row, or I guess no, we did we did actually beat them finally, but like one in one in twenty one or whatever in the last twenty two years is is not a very good uh, record against them. But I'll take is the it- Gophers to cover. Yeah, I think I think I think the Gophers cover too. I think in, in the Big Ten West, you give a team seven points. That's way too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Especially when they're at home and a game that might be meaningful, uh, depending on how that Friday afternoon game goes with Iowa and Nebraska. But could be a very important game. Definitely. <clears throat> um, let's go on to the last pick of the week. It's Vikings at the 49ers. 49ers are three point favorites. BG, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think it'll be a close one. I do think the 49ers are overrated a little bit. Um, I think they're giving them credit for being hotter than they actually are right now with one good win against the Rams. So I'll, I'll take the Vikings to cover and to win. Zachary. So say that segment again, we're, we're of the games we've picked, we're picking one just to flat out win. Uh, no, you can if you want, but this is just minus three points uh, for the 49ers. Um, but I mean, I guess, yeah, you can, oh, you can pick oh, it however you want. Sorry. I thought we had already, ah, I thought we already did the Vikings. That's why I was confused. Um, yeah. Ah, that's tough. I, I really like the Vikings, but the, I know the 49ers are pretty hot. It's yeah. Let's go Vikings. Yeah. I, it might as well. Why not? Love it. I'm, I'm hitting Vikes too. I bet with my heart, Randy. Um, I'm going to take Kyle Shannon Sorry, Vikings fans, but um, I think the Niners are playing are playing good football. I think the Vikings are playing good football too. But um, yeah, I think I gotta I gotta when I when I'm feeling conflicted, I gotta take the team that's playing the Vikings. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that kind of sums up our uh, I guess the history of our podcast. We're starting week eleven, or excuse me, week twelve is when <laughs> we start our pick segment. So a uh, <laughs> little unorthodox, a little unorganized. Uh, but hey, we're at least showing up to the party now. Uh, what do you guys want to do for punishment this week? Because we should just do weekly punishments. I think at this point in the season, any uh, any ideas come to the dome? Zach, I'm looking at you. I feel like you're a, you're our <laughs> ideas man. Ideas man, that's right, that's right. Um, ooh, I'm trying to think. It's tough when we're all not together, so mm. can't do something like. No, if you have like some guy take a shot or something, it's just sitting in his house <laughs> taking a shot. Um, and then also too, if you like make him wear uh, Packers or slash Vikes gear to the school or work the next day, no one can see. Just yeah. Well, we've got three of us in Minnesota. Here's a good one. So um, I think at least for me, as of now, I think I'm going to the Packers game on Christmas Day. Uh, are any of you, do any of you have plans to have Vikings games throughout the year or anytime by the end of the year? Uh, I, don't, I don't know about Vikes. BG and I might be going to the Gopher game on Saturday against oh, Wisconsin. I, mean, I, 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 I was thinking maybe for like a, a, a couple week long, not season long because we've been doing picks, but if we did for a couple weeks, like if, if we're all going to NFL games, like if you're all Vikings games, me a Packer game, you know, if, if, uh, you all, if one of you three loses after a couple of weeks and you have to wear a Packers jersey to a Vikings team, and if I lost, then I'd have to wear a Vikings jersey oh. to uh, the Packers team. I do. I don't, know if that, I don't know if that'll work out. I do like Next the year. idea of that bet. I think we shelf that for 
uh, maybe oh, yeah. our season long or we can do basketball picks or something or March Madness picks. But I, I do mm-hmm. like that idea of having to uh, to wear a game. It would be ideal, too, if it was when you're not even playing the Packers or the Vikings yeah. or whoever loses. <laughs> Just like randomly, you have to wear a Vikings jersey to a Packer game. <laughs> and you're not even playing the Vikes. <laughs> I, mean, great. I will I will lose every pick and I will never put a Packers jersey on. I apologize. sick. <laughs> 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 Makes me absolutely sick. So we'll talk later. Let's talk later. I can see the stadium, but at Lambeau at least, if like Lambeau is pretty respectful for opposing teams' fans, Um, like you can you know read up on it. It's one of the most friendly environments to go to, partially because our season ticket holders are so old. Um, But I have to imagine that if you wore, especially a Vikings or the Bears jersey to a game that Vikings or Bears aren't playing the Packers, I'd get. I get some, I get some some famous chili dogs from Lambo, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, we'll keep brainstorming. Maybe we'll come up with something uh, for this week at least. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing off the top of the dome for anybody right now. But uh, let's leave it there. We'll pick it up next week. Hopefully, we're talking about a big time Gopher win, a big time Vikings win, and a Packer loss. We'll see you all then. And day after day I'm more confused And I look for the light in the pouring rain You know that's a game I hate to lose And I'm feeling strange Oh, ain't it a shame Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away Won't you take me away, yeah Beginning to think that I'm wasting time I don't understand the things I do The world outside looks so unkind I'm counting on you Carry me through Oh, give me the beat, boys And free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Give me the beat, boys And free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Won't you take me away My mind is free, you know melody can move me, and when I'm feeling blue, the guitar's coming through to soothe me, thanks for the joy that you've given me. I want you to know that I believe in your soul Oh yeah Rhythm and rhyme harmony You help me along Oh, making me strong Oh, 
give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Drift away. Don't, don't, don't. Give me the beat, boys. Free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Don't you take me away.